Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the PageDAO Show, episode 19. Let's take a listen. Uh, everybody, it has been a lovely Valentine's Day. It started very early for me. I had a call with a, a potential PageDAO partner at some point. Uh, so, so that was a good way to start it off. And I've slept a little bit, but not just as much as I would like. Um, still, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude and love for the Web3 publishing space. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's been a really long road to get here, but I, I feel like the space is approaching critical mass. We got new friends, new technologies, new stories. A new world awaits us, writers, in the Web3 space. And, uh, you know, really and truly, it, it just it boggles the mind to think how far we've come. I, I'm really uh, just kind of over the moon. I, I found a new project earlier. and. Well, I've, I've been uh, planning to do a spaces with them for a little while, and, and I'm going through their website. And if you can't tell, I'm just very, very excited about what I'm seeing here. It looks uh, decentralized. looks like this project came from the Rweave hackathon back in about 2021. Uh, and so, I mean, like, wow, like, where have these guys been? This is going to be great getting to know them. Anyway, um, my name is Epic Dilling. Uh, I'm the founder of the Page Dow. We have a lovely show coming up for you. And... Uh, it appears that we may have been rugged by our special guests, so so we may we may do it uh, special guest list today, or, or maybe they'll join us here in a little bit. Anyway, somebody else take the mic away. <laughs> I'm done introducing myself. Okay, I'll jump. Oh, you go right ahead. Yes, yes, go ahead, CD. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm CD Demicio. I am uh, not a monkey in real life, but I am using one for my avatar right now, and. Uh, I'm the publisher of Vagabond Magazine, a PageDAO member, um, and writer that loves this space. So it's super good to hear all the positive things that Dylan is saying. And uh, yeah, that's me. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Rihanna Morgan, and I'm so happy that my mic works today. I am a Web3 author. I am senior editor of Vagabond Magazine. I spend a lot of time working with Epic Dylan and CD on all these projects. And I, too, want to echo just what Dylan and CD were saying about how exciting everything seems and and the direction we're all going. And it just feels like we're in a rocket and it's just like shooting straight to space. So, yeah, let's go. The moon. I love that metaphor. Uh, uh, shooting straight to space. Let's hope that we have life support in the rocket. That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah, we do not want to go to space without life support. A very, very important uh, observation, CD. Well, uh, folks, we, we have a lot to talk about today, and there is just a ton to get through because one of the things that I think that we ought to spend a little bit of time on here is, is just kind of... Uh, Kind of taking stock of of the space and and just looking at Web three publishing and saying like wow like you know it didn't look at all like this back in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two even and and here we are just kind of rip roaring out of the gate and making all these new friends and stuff in twenty twenty two uh twenty twenty three excuse me <laughs> um so I I don't know how how does that sound uh, CD do you, do you have um somebody to shout out uh, here at the start of the episode. Well, um, okay, so I guess in, in that regard, one of the first publishing projects that I got really excited about was uh, Jenkins, the valet. And, you know, what, what Jenkins did was basically he had a Bored Ape and he started telling Bored Ape stories. And then he said, you know, hey, Bored Apes, maybe you guys can fund me to build this project um, where I'll write a book with the, with the apes and bring the community into it. And um, I always thought that was pretty cool. And they've just announced that their royalty structure. So I bought one of the the lowest tier tickets when those went out. They were like point 
point one when I bought one, and and they went really high for a while, but they're they're back somewhere around there again. But it's taken them a long time. They they produced the book, which was written by Neil Strauss, um, who is you know someone who is is pretty known in the Web three space because he he um, wrote the book for the Lit Project, which was kind of the first book by a New York Times bestseller to like hit the NFT publishing world. It was called uh, Survive All Apocalypse, and so so anyway, he wrote the the bored and dangerous book, which I gotta say I didn't enjoy reading it very much, but it's still pretty cool that they wrote it. It's pretty cool that they distributed the uh, or that they're planning on distributing the royalties. Um, but the interesting thing is that regulation always seems to like prop up and become a problem. So they had this idea for royalty splits. But, you know, because they're trying to run everything as a legal company and to do everything in a um, in a very compliant sort of way, what they realize is there's there's people who are you're not allowed as an American citizen or American company to like put money to these people, you know, because they're terrorists or they're, you know, censored organizations, you know, like from, you know, terrorist organizations, I guess. And so they have to be really careful about that, which means that if they're going to pay money in royalties to everybody, they have to have everybody doxxed. So everybody has to like um, be identified who they are connected with their wallet somehow, which it's crazy. But all of that stuff is very different from the ideal of the Web3 ethic. But of course, you know, I guess we were all sort of living in a fantasy world thinking that we could operate separate from government regulations and all that. But anyway, it's great that they're, they finally figured it out. They announced it at quarter force when their uh, royalties are going to go out. And it's looking like, you know, pretty significant royalties are going to be going out to the people that, you know, either licensed an ape, a mutant, or held a writer's room ticket with Jenkins the Ballet. So there's my shout out. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, so, so the price of... Uh... Of the the reward, I guess, is is to to KYC and and basically dox yourself. That that's um, I don't know. That that's a really interesting uh, situation. It'll be uh, it'll it'll be revealing to to see how that goes. And you know, uh, sometimes as a community, we we got to think, hey, like we sure are lucky to have you know some of these projects to to get out there and blaze that trail and you know kind of kind of pick these early fights with the legal system and 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 just you know kind of find a way forward. Uh, so, so that's awesome. Great shout out. Um, hey, Rihanna, uh, do you have a, a literary publishing uh, shout out that you'd like to make today? Well, I do. I do. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's really an overarching listing of Web3 publishers and just how everyone has um, really sort of come together and and is creating this new opportunity for writers. And so I am not necessarily pulling out one single person or one single publishing house, if we use the old lingo, um, besides Paige Dow. Paige Dow is my home. I love it here. Um, but I have on my, through my link tree, through um, Twitter, my Twitter um handle. Um, if you just follow follow to my link tree, I have a listing of about 36, 37 publishers. Anytime any, any one publisher pops up, I just go in and I add them to this list so that we can all have an opportunity to investigate and see what is there and what do they do. And I just really just grab their Twitter handle and then whatever uh, tagline that they've chosen to use in Twitter, and I put that in there. And so, you know, there are some big names in there. Um, if big names, if we're talking about big names here in Web3, uh, we have Book.io and Critokia and Nifty Lit and PageDAO, of course, and we have Readle and SoulType, Cryptoversal Books, who we're a great big fan of. And um, then, of course, there's the Verseverse and um, there's just so many different, there's Storyverse, there's just so many different um, publishing houses. Uh, I hate to fall back on on old wording there, but um, yeah, it's really, really exciting, all of these different opportunities that exist. And, and my goal when I first entered the space was to try them all out, see what's going on, see what I like and see how it works and, and all of that. So it's not really one particular um, publishing house that I want to sing praises for, but really all of them, because they are really all taking the 
literature that we love so much into the future. And it's so exciting to be able to be part of all of that. Hey, that's amazing stuff. And um, just in case you're listening from home and you don't have the, uh, the screen up with this, it looks like we're up to a total of, what is it, uh, 37? Uh, and I guess there's four fields or three fields. So it's so a 34. That's an increase of six uh, since I heard 28 last time we spoke about this, which right, is just right. unbelievable because <laughs> it's only been like a month or something, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. E I don't even. <laughs> I feel like Web three. I feel like I've been here about five years. But honestly, maybe it has only been a month since I started putting this together. Um, yeah, and so it's just really, it's just really so amazing, so amazing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Such a, such an interesting, uh, you know, uh, moment to to find ourselves here in, in Web three. Uh, folks, if you're uh, looking to find Rihanna's uh, link tree, you can look at l-i-n-k-e-r dot e-e forward slash Rihanna Morgan. Uh, so we're on her Twitter. So so you can go find that and, and see this list of all these publishers uh, because the Web3 publishing space is booming. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just... Uh, it's so fast and there's so much going on and there's so much new growth. It's really hard not to be uh, grateful and happy to be here. Uh, but, but also, uh, today's a very special day. What, what day is it, CD? I can't remember. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, he... did we lose CD? <laughs> Maybe we did. Well, no, I can't you know what know. Is, don't you Oh, here he here. is. But Yay. Let's hear, let's hear it from <laughs> because, yeah, I know what day it is. Go ahead. Ah. Today is Cupid's Day, Valentine's Day. So yeah. spreading love all around. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We just love to hear it, folks. Valentine's Day it is. Cupid's out Happy there. Valentine's Day to both of you and everybody listening. I like to call it VD Day, but you know, it just doesn't work somehow. The joke from back when I was in school was National Singles Awareness Day. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so uh all right. Well, I, I guess it's Valentine's Day. Uh folks, two of your hosts I think are single, so <laughs> no, no, that went over about like a lot. <laughs> uh, but let's see. We've got we've got like this blur airdrop that's been going on. Uh, we we want to talk a little bit about some books. We want to talk about VPNs with you guys today. Uh, where where should we start, folks? Let's start with that uh, with that blur airdrop and just get it out of the way. Cool. Yeah, I, I went and checked that earlier. Uh, turns out I'm not eligible. So womp womp. It's not surprising. I haven't been trading on the blur marketplace, but. Surely you uh you know more about this than I do. See. Well, th this is a really interesting thing to me. Like, so Blur basically, for those who don't know, it's the second largest NFT marketplace, um, operating on Ethereum, and they launched, I guess, about six months ago, like a soft launch, and they said, "Yeah, we're going to decentralize ourselves and give a token, just like looks rare and X two Y two did." Um, but they got really big, and the way that they got big was by encouraging people to like, hey, we're going we're gonna to give you these care packages um, based on how much you've traded in the past. And then based on how much you trade with us and how much you use the Blur platform and, and how much you trade. So it's all about how much you're trading, really. Uh, we're going to drop you more. And so, so this has gone on for quite a while. I, I have to say that I did not claim mine because it turns out that something they didn't tell people that if you're a U.S. person, you're not eligible technically to claim it. So a lot of people are doing that through a VPN and things like that. But they make you actually like check off a box that says, I certify I'm not a U.S. person. And then you have to tweet that you're claiming it. So for me, that seems like, ooh, I don't, I don't know about that. And plus, I mean, maybe I would have been tempted with a big drop, but I'm not a huge trader. So, you know, for me, it, it you know, if, at the price that they first gave it, it would have been like 400 bucks, but then it tanked and it became, you know, so my, my drop was worth about 40 bucks. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to risk um, all this regulatory stuff to basically 
claim 40 bucks. Um, that was my thought on it. But these airdrops have a way of trickling through the space. But man, I've seen some people have claimed like five, six, ten ETH because they were they were farming this thing. So what they were doing is they were doing wash trading. They were, um, you know, moved all their trading over there. And and then there's a whole lot of people too that are using VPNs to get past this like block that they have on on U.S. citizens um, trading. So it's all pretty interesting. I don't know how much you guys want to talk about it, but um, that's kind of kind of my take on it. And again, with the weird regulatory stuff um, affecting what should be like a happy, joyous thing, it's like ooh, you know, suddenly there's like government involvement in crypto in a big way. And that does really change things. And I, I, when I mentioned the Jenkins thing earlier, as I mentioned that, it occurred to me that, like, for those of us who are splitting royalties with, with you know, our writers and stuff, I mean, I pretty well know the folks on Vagabond Magazine are not uh, terrorists or censored persons or, or people that can't trade with. But, you know, what if one of them was? How does that affect? you know, writers who are basically sharing royalties. Like if you're producing a magazine, like, like Edward Carpenter, our, um, our guest today is doing, he's producing uh, po- writers and poetry. And what if one of those poets ends up being, you know, from Iran? Like, does that change? Like, does that put him in hot water? It's really, it's such a weird environment to be navigating right now. And I don't mean to be sounding like, um, naysay or nelly or anything but it it is starting to raise some flags in my head about what what we need to be thinking about i don't know what do you guys think of that stuff well um i mean to to some extent i I do think that there is going to be kind of like a a regulatory moment here where we're you know the the government is going to have to decide on something and it's going to be interesting because we actually don't really have a great reason to think that decision is going to be one way or the other. Now, th- that being said, I, I think that, you know, smaller communities are, are less likely to, you know, be arboring, you know, whatever kind of bad actors like the, you know, Uncle Sam might want to, I want to go after in the future. But, but I'm a little bit, um, I, I don't know, uh, kind of, yeah, there, there is definitely like a, a slightly, um, I don't know, an unexpected vibe to, to some of this. And and I say that because I, I think that, you know, to, to some large extent, like, yeah, it's it's totally fine, especially uh, for, for, you know, lower value assets and, and things that aren't, you know, deemed to be securities, right? Like, so, so I, I think there are certain rules, like, you know, with regard to royalties and, and you know, distribution of, uh, of money to people and so on. But, but I think just operating like a little NFT uh, bookstore, selling your book as an NFT um, is, is not a, a, the type of thing that could get you into trouble or anything like that still. Um, does that sound right? Uh, because it, it does seem like maybe this is coming a little bit closer to home, uh, especially with the, the Jenkins bit. But, but if I'm reading the situation correctly, it has more to do with the fact that there's you know, kind of these uh, these royalty payments that are supposed to go back out to the NFT holders. So you're getting right. That yeah. that was what I was getting at. You know, but it, it but it does raise other issues as well, and and these are things that I'm actually starting to think we need to be thinking about more. Um, earlier, we did the Web Three Writers Hour, and Odd Writings was on. He was mentioning, you know, one of the gave a shout out to one of the earliest NFT books that I think he was saying had been produced by a guy from uh, Venezuela, right? So uh, so this Venezuelan guy was like, was basically putting up JPEGs of every page of his book, but be- OpenSea at some point determined, he was using Lazy Mint to do it, and OpenSea determined like, oh, hey, this is a, a, you know, a person in a country we're not allowed to be doing business with. So they basically deleted his book, which is, which is really interesting, you know? And since it was Lazy Minting, they could because it was on their platform. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think we all need to start thinking a little bit about this stuff because um, it's not just Uncle Sam reaching in our pocket, but it's also there's the possibility of, you know, of getting in serious trouble in, in the wrong situation. I, I don't want to be, again, a downer, but I do not also want to see 
people getting in trouble just because we didn't think about things, you know, but, but probably Dylan, you're right. Like a small, you know, publisher, a, a small NFT bookstore isn't something that's going to have to really be um, concerned with these things too much. Yeah, it's so interesting because there there are like um, more dimensions to the law, you know, as you start to get more and more decentralized, it be, you know, it kind of breaks up around the edges and it's not exactly clear, like, you, you know, uh, so if somebody was Venezuelan, we had a Venezuelan um, uh, writer who had minted a book and got kicked off of OpenSea. Um, and and I, I think that was kind of the end of it. Uh, but but I, I don't know. At, at some point, uh, th- this may be a thing where um, you know the, the DAO has to to you know do do some things, and, and it would be not an ideal world to me if we had to run like KYC and and you know do do all the the due diligence and investigate everyone's identity and you know uh, exclude certain users on you know a certain basis you know for for uh, from participating. Uh, you know, I mean, the idea here is that we want to make technology that's open, available, and that people can participate in. Uh, but we also want to do that securely. So, so we do have the the membership NFT, and like that is kind of the DAO's um, recourse of action if something has to happen. You know, that's that's uh, that's what can be done about it. Uh, but but there, there's kind of some weird stuff because even though PageDAO is founded in part by Americans, it was also founded in part by people who weren't American. Um, and so, so what is like the proper legal jurisdiction here? There, there are definitely uh, there are definitely a handful of questions that we've kind of been evaluating for some time. And we do need to incorporate the DAO at some point, which essentially will involve kind of choosing like that, that legal jurisdiction and, and figuring out just, you know, what the rules of the game are going to turn out to be once we're kind of done with the, the beta and more into like, you know, mainnet level technology that, it really is powerful and does a bunch of, you know, new stuff uh, kind of above and beyond what readme books can do. Um, so, I mean, th- there are a lot of thoughts here, but what do you think, Rihanna? Do you, do you, uh, you want to weigh in? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So there's, there's the, the piece of me that is the uh, open arms love everyone, everybody's welcome, everybody come in, everybody publish, everybody, you know, the, 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 I've been likened to Pollyanna (laughs) when I talk like that, because it's so, um, that capability and opportunity and everybody being able to be involved is so wonderful. And then there's the other piece of me that's like, ah, what does this mean? Because not everybody who comes in has the best interest of all people at heart. Uh, the, you know, the the yin and yang of the argument, you know, the other piece of it being that, you know, not everybody is the lovely actor. There are some bad actors out there. And how, how do we, one, define a bad actor? Um, because if we talk about you know, bad actor, good actor, when we look at any side of any conflict, there's things, you know, that come up. And so, you know, that that's this huge rabbit hole of what do we do? But I do think that the um, page, the page token and being a member of PageDAO and having those assurances in place that's not necessarily token gating the situation but more are you serious about this are you wanting to be part of this with us do you have you know there's that whole list of these are the rules this is how you are part of our community are you willing to do these things and and that if it looks like you know all of us you know we have our little neighborhood watch if somebody is being you know awful then we can, you know, connect to the right people and say, hey, this person's being awful. And, you know, but then what happens when it turns into a great big stage? You know, we would need more people being involved. And so it's really like chasing an ice cube around trying to figure out if you have water. And so it's a tough, it's a tough situation to think about, but I also think that 
people are inherently good people. People are good people. And the safeguards that are already in place, I think, are good safeguards. And then we just watch out for each other and have opportunities to know each other and be able to recognize other people in the space and and know who we are, even though this community is growing so much. Hey, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, the, the good news is that what we're doing is creating open source software that anybody in the world can come use. And, you know, I mean, that, that's just a question of like, you know, can they view the GitHub and pull the files or not, you know? And, and so I, I think there is something to be said for having the actual publishing community be perhaps uh, subject to a little bit more, um, I don't know, sort of onboarding related scrutiny at some point, like, like, you know, maybe there is like a need to KYC when you come and pick up your membership in FT and, you know, you're getting ready to start minting your works, uh, you know, and, and I believe that some of that is, is comparable to the way that, that old school publishers have worked. I, I remember having to fill out some forms to get my book published and I, I believe they knew who I was. Uh, so, so I didn't do that as like an anon. Or and, and so, I don't know. To to some extent, there there is like sort of um, this sense in which uh, producing open source software allows us to sort of make the Pollyanna statement that you know, hey, people are generally good, and having more people have access to better technology is generally a good thing. And and so you know, much like Google did with Android, you know, you put the technology out in front of the community, and you don't worry too much about who gets uh, to see it or. You know, whatever the case is, you just make it available for everyone to come uh, build on and critique. And, and you create this uh, really beautiful, you know, multi-person sort of sort of movement around a, a piece of tech. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree that keeping the spirit alive of what it is that we are doing is so very important. And what you said about traditional publisher Yes, there is definitely things that need to be filled out and understood and that, you know, if you use a pin name or a gnome de plume, then that's your public facing name. But then your real name needs to be associated with, you know, whatever that is. And I don't know if if that's too many steps too far, because we do like the the ability to be who we are in the space and so yeah that's that's some definite some definite things that need you know looking at picking picking it up and turning it around and seeing does it fall within the mission of what we have going is it for safety what where's the where's the line so that we don't cross it and that, yeah. that line is the big, big issue because, I mean, part of the reason why I'm fully doxxed and why I decided to be fully doxxed, um, despite using, you know, anonymous PFPs, some, you know, but um, is, is because of that, because I, you know, I don't, I'm not a criminal. I don't want to be a criminal. I don't want to be perceived as a criminal. Um, and Basically, I, I don't see any reason why why I shouldn't be doxxed. I'm not doing anything that's endangering myself, my family, or anyone else. Um, so, you know, that's part of it. But then part of what brought me into this space was the fact that I'm a, I'm a libertarian socialist, you know, and I believe firmly that government is not in place to provide the best for us, and it's not there to level the playing field. Um, the government is actually put in place to keep the keep the bar higher than some people can reach, and uh, that's a pretty cynical view. I understand, but um, it's from what I've read and seen in history and in my life, that's pretty true. So, when we start giving approval to these processes, the KYCs, the AML um, processes, and suddenly we turn this space that was designed to not have that sort of oversight and interference it changes the nature of the entire space so it's there's really there's so many concerns going on right now in my in my head about all of this because what i see is that web 3 is very quickly just becoming web 2 and that is 
not what I want to see happen, of course. I, and again, I brought all this up and, and I apologize because it does feel like a little bit of a downer um, to positive stuff. So we can move on to something else if you guys want. But I felt like these were things that needed to be expressed. Oh, no, I, I completely agree that these things need to be expressed. Um, I also don't have a problem you know, moving on to something else. But, but I do just want to, uh, to say, you know, when it comes to uh, like making things as open as they can be and be legal and so on, you know, I, I think that it is going to start resembling Web 2 a little bit more. And, and why? Well, because Web 2 is at least somewhat regulated, or at least it tries to be. You know, and, and I, w- I would say that, you know, a lot of that hasn't really been all that effective um, per se. But, but, you know, at the same time, uh, I, I do think that, you know, ex- expecting all of, you know, sort of the human custom around the way that we interact with technology that the whole world has access to, you know, it, it isn't the type of thing that just changes overnight because, you know, things are, are a little bit, you know, different in how they're constructed. I, I do think that there are some uh, elements of it that are like that, um, but with respect to like the KYC AML thing, like I, I don't know. It, it may be a thing that puts a substantial damper on Web three and just really cramps the style of a lot of people who want to come and build here, and uh, and that's tough. You know, that's not that's not what you want. Uh, that's not what you want to see. So. You know, I mean, it, it is a real possibility. Um, I'm with you for the most part, CD. I uh, I don't know. I, I think that's probably just how human nature is. I, I don't necessarily think government has like a specific, uh, I, I don't know, role, <laughs> you know, in uh, in, in the, the turtle pile here, so to speak. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, I guess the, the big question is, is, you know, not necessarily even what's going to happen, but, you know, like, who are we and, like, what do we care about? What do we kind of stand for? What do we want to do about it, you know, uh, type stuff. And and so I, I think that there is uh, really a lot to be said for kind of continuing to put our best foot forward in terms of, you know, building out decentralized tech uh, to whatever extent that's possible. And then, you know, also kind of acknowledging the, the law and, you know, not, not, I mean, hell, I'm fully doxxed too. I, I don't want to do anything illegal. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just a thing we have to respect, uh, like it or not, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do think that this kind of does cast a little bit of a pall, uh, but at the same time, like, we all knew it was coming. And I do think that, like, overall, it is bullish rather than bearish uh, to see sort of um, increased uh, sort, sort of social normativity around, like, the Web3 and decentralized space. Um, and, and I'm still excited about Web3 and, you know, decentralization and, and just, you know, making uh, because, I mean, to, to me, at least to some extent, the, the goal is to come and build another Amazon that has different types of assets, you know, and it's decentralized. So maybe instead of there being like one brand, there's like 100 different brands and they all have different front ends and they have different properties, you know. And, and so, like, we've taken this, like, monolithic, like, sort of you know, a uh, compliance structure that used to be there and kind of sharded it out to the point where, you know, there, there's hopefully something for, you know, everybody at that point. Uh, I don't know. I mean, may, maybe I just kind of veered back into the topic that we said we would move on from. Uh, but but I do want to uh, at least kind of kick that out there and, and see what you guys say. Oh, also, we've been joined by Easy and Crypto. What up, Easy? Hey, hey, how's it going? I uh, I saw the show was live and I was like, oh, one of my favorite shows of the week. I'm going to hop in and check out what's going on. Uh, so I just popped in. I'm a little uh, behind on the topics that were being covered, um, but definitely stoked to be here. Well, man, we've uh, we've got kind of like a theme of gratitude and love today. It's Valentine's Day. You know, it's been kind of a kind of a long journey we've all been on together. But now uh, we look around at the Web3 publishing space and there's like, 34 or 35 different publishers that Riona has identified. And so, so it's just growing so fast and we're also proud to be a part of it. Um, but I, th- I think maybe you hopped into the server when we were still talking about um, so, sort of one of the downsides of, of some of that growth, uh, which is just kind of increased regulation and like, you know, material questions that, that demand some level of answer from, you know, an organization like PageDAO. 
uh, if it, you know, up until this point has been more of a happy go lucky thing and a little bit less of a, uh, real serious like you know here's the regulation or whatever you know we, we steered clear of all that stuff so that we could kind of maintain our you know decentralized uh status and not have to kyc people and stuff uh because it just would have been so difficult to do that with no budget like real early on uh but you know overall like kind of my 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 thought is that you know none of this is actually all that bearish you know it's, it's mostly bullish stuff because the industry is going to see adoption you know all these good things are going to happen and and I think that operating kind of the way that we did over the last 18, 20 months uh, has been kind of the right thing to do. I, I think we managed to, to get in and build some stuff and, and help some people learn some stuff. And and, and now we've got, you know, a, a full on industry that's, that's going to pop up here. You know, it's really kind of amazing to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree. Uh, bullish on uh, the sentiment and, and seeing more project come forward into the Web3 uh, literary kind of NFT space. Um, and I, I'm, I'm digging the uh, the vibe of, of gratitude and love. Much love to everybody here and everyone that's going to be listening in. Um, I did just, I was about to DM you uh, too, because I got a, a nice message today um, from, uh, uh, from Bobcat actually. And he's uh, putting together, there's, there's going to be this... Um, crypto mindset reset summit and i remember last year he reached out but it was kind of last minute and he wanted to have uh you know myself and and page dow uh as well represented so he just hit me up and that's coming up in a couple months here i believe mid-april um so excited to uh you know hopefully maybe we can uh co-host a panel or something on you know literature in the web3 space and uh, you know, spread spread the good vibes and and spread some uh, you know some info and education and and you know spark up more people coming into this uh, incredible opportunity. That sounds great, easy. And well, uh, what was it called again? Is it is that part of ETH Denver? Is is that what you're talking about? Uh, it's not part of ETH Denver. Uh, it's actually I think they do. Uh, so it's like on. Line, but I think they also have some on the ground stuff for this event. Um, I believe it's the second year and it's uh crypto mindset. What was it? Let me go back to his message. Um, let's see, crypto mindset reset summit. And they did one last year, so this is, I think, their second year. Um, uh, yeah, let's see, uh, April 18th and 19th, a uh, hybrid. A kind of event uh so they will have something i believe actually in vegas and then uh a good portion of it will also be online for you know everybody to be able to participate that might not be able to go to that uh in-person part of the event very cool very cool yeah dude let's totally jump up on a stage somewhere and spread some good knowledge about web3 publishing there, there's that actually reminds oh, me yeah. there's another uh conference is coming up uh it's the web3 academic conference and and so i'm fortunate to uh to be a speaker i believe cd is uh leading a panel uh and and riona is probably going to make an appearance and then we also have nft nyc coming up so so i'm not going to make it out to that but uh or east denver or anything really <laughs> i'm going to be kind of a homebody this year i think as opposed to how i was last year uh but but by all means let's let's all announce our conferences folks yeah, that sounds like uh, sounds like a great conference, the one you were just mentioning. And yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it to NFT NYC this year, um, but it looks like uh, it looks like I'm going to be able to pull it off with a little bit of help. So I'm super excited. I just kind of got that news, and so I'm going to start trying to you know plan up some things uh, for that as well. Uh, and then I'll be going straight from there to Rizzlefest. Um, so you know, definitely uh, looks like I will be able to make some of the rounds this year. Um, but definitely want to try and, you know, uh, represent Page Dow, um, you know, uh, while I'm in New York, I'm not sure, uh, you know, if, if maybe a, a couple other members of the fam might be there, but uh, I will definitely be there to to represent. Man, I want to go to Rizzlefest so bad, but NFT NYC was as much as I could swing this time. But uh, I heard that that school bus is going to be coming through picking people up, taking them to Rizzlefest, and I, I want to be on it, but yeah, really sounds like a fun time. Yeah, I wanted to get on that oh, bus, man. Too, but I'm going to miss it as well. 
I will, uh, I will make sure to, uh, you know, soak it in, take pictures, maybe write some little stories and be able to, to share the vibe kind of, uh, uh, that way. But yeah, I think that's going to be a real special one. And, uh, yeah, it was the only thing on the books because I could afford it. It was horrible. Uh, but, uh, so I am happy to find out. Are, uh, um, people out there that will help support um it's really nice to have in this, in this community uh, out there in person to more of the events you kind of turned into a robot on me there at least on my end easy um hey my buddy sky bravo is going to be there with you so you know shout out to you and sky bravo and rizzle and uh man live it up guys whippy Whippy! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. I remember the conference circuit from last year. Maybe, maybe next year I'll, uh, I'll I'll get out there and be social again or something. Who knows? Let's see. So uh, yeah, we, I, I think we have a couple of folks who are going to be at the the Web three academic conference. Uh, Rihanna, do you want to? Are you are you participating in that? I I am. I am participating in the Web3 conference, and I am also going to be at NFT NYC. I'm doing oh, both okay. things. I thought you might. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so we're going to have to have dinner. Do something. Yes. Yes. And is the uh, is the other Web3 conference that you were just mentioning, uh, is that a, a IRL location or an online a merger? Well, I- yeah, it's a, it's an online, but I'm going to really save that for CD because he's the one who brought that to us. So I'm going to save uh, that for him to chat about. So, yes, but it is online. Well, that sounds like cool. my cue. Um, yeah, it's it's online, but it it sounds really cool. I mean, I um I was having a, a well, I had a long conversation with Bella Iron. She's one of the um, founders and organizers of that conference, and she was just you know, really loving the idea of, of what we've been doing with Vagabond Magazine and also just in the in the Web3 publishing space. So I pitched her on the idea of doing a panel, um, you know, bootstrapping um, a Web3 magazine and just kind of wanted to invite all the people that have participated in that to like to be a part of the panel because there's so many interesting stories there. You know, there's, there's Dylan and... Um, Page Dow and and all of the members of Page Dow and there's Riona and uh, Cryptoversal and like you know we've got we've got Quanta who is like spearheading this amazing sort of Web three fashion um, publishing thing that we have going on and yeah there's just so much so I'm really excited to be able to like I don't know even virtually share a stage with you guys and and I'm also going to be at NFT NYC although. I'm not really clear. I think uh, we'll be on the panel with Edward uh, Carpenter, but um, but I'm I'm not clear if that's it or if there's more. Um, but anyway, there is the big NFT NYC speaker dinner, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. I hope we all get set at the same table. Oh, me too. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm not clear yet on whether I'm. Because I applied to be a speaker and then somehow Edward invited me as well. So there's lots of moving parts still. I'm not exactly certain um, what what's what. But I do have my little token that says that I'm going to be a speaker. And so that's great. And I'll be pleased wherever they put me. And so, yeah, it'll be amazing. Awesome. Uh, that's great that this uh, this other one is an online because then it's nice and easy uh, for attendance from kind of anywhere. Um, so definitely I'll, I'll want to get more of the details on that and hopefully join you guys on some of the discussions. Um, NFT NYC, uh, usually the speaker dinner, the the like VIP pre you know, night before dinner is really fun. I've gone to the last couple. I actually I, I, I didn't apply as a speaker this year, even though I have last years, because I really just thought it was not financially in the cards for me to go this year. Um, so I'm actually going to reach out to them because I have spoken the last couple of years and say, hey, look, guys, I didn't want to, um, you know, stand you up or, or sign up when I really didn't think I was going to be there. And I just found out I can go. Can I get a late submission and maybe slide in um, as, a, as a speaker as well? So we'll see if that happens. And if it does, uh, I should be there to join you guys for the dinner. Fingers crossed. 
Yeah, I hope you guys all meet up in real life. <laughs> oh man, making me jealous a little bit here. No, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about this, uh, this academic conference too, because I, I think it's really cool to see the the academic community starting to get, you know, involved in Web three, kind of keeping with this tradition of uh, of all the growth uh, that's been happening in the space. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, like I mean, gonna, yeah, go for it. I I was just remembering from some of our early, early conversations when we're still brainstorming the stuff and academics, uh, you know, weight was was a little weighty part of that. And we knew we were saying, you know, in the future, this could be so huge for the academic uh, aspect, uh, everything from, you know, um, your, you know, university books to publishing uh, papers, whether those are, you know, scientific literature or, you know, uh, your uh, say your your final project, your thesis, like there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff uh, that ties in uh, as well as like, you know, things we can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah, the things we don't see coming are, are some of the most interesting ones sometimes. Hey, um, speaking of things we didn't see coming, I got to agree with you, Dylan. I really thought, Rihanna, you were going to uh, launch your project today. Can you update us on on what is happening and and where and when as much as you can? Yes, I can. I can. Well, the team and I, that's so funny because everybody's asked me, everybody, like, I don't even know, a hundred (laughs) people. They're like, I thought you were doing it today. Well, we aren't. And it was, that was a purposeful decision because none of the stories in the seven love stories are romantic stories. They're all focused on different kinds of love. And Valentine's Day is historically a romantic love. And so we didn't want to, we didn't want that. And because we want to celebrate all kinds of love, you know, outside of just the romantic love. And so, no, we did not, we did not mint today, but it is coming and it's soon-ish. The date is set and there will be an announcement. Before the you are always <laughs> so mysterious about this stuff. Um, hey, you reminded me of something very funny that I learned. Like, I took my daughter to Japan at Christmas, and what yeah. I discovered was that in Japan they don't really celebrate Christmas the way that we do. But Christmas Eve in Japan, you guys may know this. It's it's basically like Valentine's Day. So Christmas Eve is when all the couples have their like their love gifts and their like romantic dinner. So I took my daughter out to dinner on Christmas Eve. And we were like, there was all like couples. And then we figured it out finally and looked it up. And yeah, so Valentine's Day is different everywhere, I guess. Wow. I love that's that. Super interesting. I had no idea. That's, that's completely news to me. Uh, and and I, I hope to one day get to Japan um, because it's just such a fascinating uh, culture. Um, but yeah, very cool. Thanks for sharing. I, I had no idea that Christmas Eve was like the Japanese Valentine's Day. And I agree with Riona's mysteriousness. I think it helps build up that kind of anxious excitement to like, when is it? Okay, it's soon, it's soonish. And then, yeah, I, you know, and I think a good move to not necessarily uh, do the mint today on Valentine's Day for the reasons that you mentioned, but also just, you know, you might have, I don't know, it's hard like doing a, um, a kind of project drop or launch on a holiday because people are already kind of so involved with a lot of things. Um, so I think that was probably a good call. Yeah, yeah, we do have a giveaway going. And so if you're wanting to be entered into the giveaway, you just stop by my page and there's a, a Google form to fill out where you can share information and sort of join the community. So please do that. That would be wonderful. I'd love it if you guys uh, were able to win a literary NFT. But then, yes, I, I agree. I, I just really feel like that it's a good idea to... Uh, and Valentine's Day is such a volatile thing. Anyway, you know, it, it, you know, there's trauma posts and all sorts of, you know, it can be really hard. And, you know, I just look forward to having chocolate with my kids. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be fun. It's funny. I'm looking at a box of chocolates I bought for my daughter right now. So um, I, I agree. Chocolate with the kids is the best thing. Yeah, well, we do. A, I do. a Because when they were little, I was like, what am I going to do? Here's your box of chocolates. There you go. Ta-da, Valentine's Day. So we do a, a scavenger hunt 
and we run around the house and look at clues and get clues and you know it's really a fun it's really a fun thing and I get to put my my writer brain to work a little bit to entertain them so we love doing that awesome I was just gonna say CD if you ain't got permission I know you're eyeing it but keep them fingers off the chocolate box <laughs> that was gonna be what I you, know, you know what's funny is I'm on day two of a uh, of a twelve day fast right now, so um, so I've got my eyeballs on them, but uh, I'm not touching them just for that reason. But um, hey, Rihanna, <laughs> do we have to KYC to, to enter your contest? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, and I love you. You're in. <laughs> All right. It's funny. a really fun, uh, a really fun entry, actually. Um, so go check it out. Click on the thing, fill out the form, and then do your little tweet, which has what well, for me was the fun part. Ah, that's so awesome! No, it was so fun, <laughs> and I was gonna write. I was gonna so easy entered, and he put um, notes about the Princess Bride being his favorite love story, and so I was like, "Stop it! I mean it." Anybody want a peanut? And <laughs> I was gonna write all these different things because I love the Princess Bride, and so yeah, it was fun. Oh, there, <laughs> there is. There's like there are there are a couple of different people hit me with quotes, and so there's been a few. There's a few little threads where like. I'll get a quote and and I got like uh I got uh what was it? It was um uh oh man, I don't know, I should go to my Twitter. It, it was one about uh you know the 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 Sicilians and I was like and I responded with you know never never uh never deal with a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> Drop dead, right? right? It was, so, inconceivable. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> right? Inconceivable. Inconceivable, yeah. And so that was my response to inconceivable. inconceivable. It's been really fun. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> right. Oh, I love it. Classic things like that just bring people together. I love those moments. You killed my father. Right. Prepare to die. <laughs> Prepare to die. Such a great movie. It really is. It's one of the one of the great ones of all time. Um, I showed it to my daughter, and she uh, she didn't fall in love with it as much as I thought she would. But um, I I do wonder if it's something that applies to a certain generation in a certain way because it does seem like you know our sort of generations, you know, like spanning from you know the the younger baby boomers all the way to the older millennials. Um, that seems to be who the Princess Bride really speaks to. Yeah, I have fond memories of watching that with my parents in like the early '90s, and I, I think that's why I love that movie so much. There might be a tie back to kind of you know we're we're of a similar generation to um, you know having some of that uh, like uh, some of the foundation of comedy. Um, back then was just a little different than now. Um, so yeah, it might be sort of uh, that like uh, cultural, you know, difference, but yeah, I showed it to my kids, um, you know, a few years back and uh, uh, they, they loved it. Although, you know, it might be a, a kind of an age thing too, because I loved it as a little kid, um, but it might be something that, you know, some people might appreciate more as a teen versus a like preteen. Um, so yeah, you know, we had like the Monty Python and stuff. So, you know, if you kind of missed all that, it might not quite hit as hard. I don't know. I'm just shocked that, uh, that new Mike Myers, uh, you know, the Pentavirate, that series that he did, I am like taken aback and stunned that that wasn't like the biggest hit in the world. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny. I loved it so much. And like, no, done <laughs> like 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was surprised it never it never was like even literally talked about. <laughs> I think this is the first I've heard of it. I gotta I gotta admit, what what streaming platform was it on? Man, I don't even remember. I think it was Netflix. Uh but it's the Pentaverit. So Pentaverit. And uh, anyway, you, you can probably find out by Googling it. I think it. I think it was Netflix. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's, it's really right interesting. Up your CD. You're, you're gonna love it. <laughs> Is this that one that and you I, guys were talking about that was so funny? 
Oh, um, it could have been. I think we did mention it on one uh, one other occasion. Um, yeah, it's this, you know, it's this like conspiracy kind of Illuminati thing, but it's Mike Myers and he's playing like all these different roles. It's just, it's, it's classic. It was, I thought it was super <laughs> hilarious. Um, no but funny. I've also caught a few episodes of the, uh, what is the, the sank or sunk the history one uh, that I think it was CD that recommended and that had me rolling too. Frunk on, it was like truck on history or on earth or something. Oh my God. That, that show, I my neighbors probably were like, what the heck is that guy laughing about? Because um, I could not stop laughing watching that one. And it took me like a little bit, like, you know, like the first part of the first one, you're like, okay, this time. And then all of a sudden, just still drop some dry humor as she's doing an interview or something. And yeah, it's like one in the morning and I like laugh out loud. I'm like, oh, don't wake up too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's this called? I may have to check this one out myself. Uh, it's, it's like it's Netflix, C U N K on Earth or something like that. C E N K on Earth. It's a kind of odd name. Uh, it's like sink or sunk. Okay, well, I'll have to do a little quick Google search myself. All right. Well, folks, uh, it's getting close to the hour here. Uh, I, I think we've probably paged out, showed it up for the day. Um, I want to be the first to wish everyone a happy Valentine's Day and uh, peace, love, and whippy. Peace, love, and whippy. (laughs) Much love, you guys. Much love. Much love to you all, too. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was episode 19 of The Page Dow Show, recorded live from their Discord on Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back With the cliffs at our backs make the last stand matter No one ever planned for the famine on deck We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger Sitting in a little den vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next bubba-bubba-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-B-B-Billion Little den envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion In the middle men, listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-B-B-Billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-B-B-Billion Terror Spaces <laughs>